Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, what up, Liquid Church? Welcome back. Good to see you guys. Glad you're here. If you're watching online or in New Brunswick, welcome. We're, we're crazy little thing called love. We're taking this kind of lighthearted look at a serious topic, marriage, relationships, men and women, how we relate to each other. Uh, the question I have to open is, did you do your homework? Uh, guys, did you take that woman out for a coffee talk? Time to connect this week. How many did that? You found out what's on her heart. Good. That's an excellent job. How about you, ladies? Is your question. He gave you 45 minutes just listening and leaning in there. How many of you followed through and wrote a letter of respect? How many ladies actually wrote that note of respect? Okay. Uh, I spoke to several who did. did good, good response. Hopefully fuel, put fuel in his tank. I got some feedback actually from one, uh, from one husband here at Liquid who was totally blown away by the note that his wife wrote him after last week's message. She took time to take, uh, write this letter expressing gratitude for five things that he does to serve their family. And she said, when I went to give him the note, I think he thought he was in trouble. Like, here's the list of all the things, you know, you aren't doing. And, uh, but when he opened it, she said it was amazing. She goes, he opened it, and he, like, read these words, and his face changed. Like, he just, his eyes, like, lit up, and he goes... And gave her this big bear hug right there in the kitchen. And then actually goes, and then he started doing this. That is how you know you've touched a man's heart when he starts dancing and he doesn't know how. That's like a big deal right there. So some cool things going on in this church is we're kind of asking God to open up these lines of communication between men and women relationships in this room. Uh, Well, today we're going to change gears a little bit and we're going to go in a new direction. And I want to begin by sharing a Bible verse I found that I think can change your relationship for good. I mean, it's powerful. This is a Bible verse. If you follow the exact advice in this verse, you will never, ever, ever have a problem in your marriage. I rarely give 100% guarantees, but this is guaranteed. How many think this is worth seeing? Again, follow the advice in this one verse and you will never have a problem. First Corinthians seven one, it is good for a man not to marry. And it's amazing because a lot. Did you notice all the laughing was like Lopez? Uh, all the women were like, I can't believe you. What a terrible thing to say. Now why would he say that? Why does the Bible say? Because the Bible goes on to explain those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Okay, there's our reading like from God's word today. Let's pray. Right, it's the secret to marriage. Um, it's funny because people will come up to me and say, Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, something's wrong, something's wrong. And I'll be like, what's the matter? And they say, we got trouble in our marriage. And I'll be like, uh, no, that's about right. Uh, you are just claiming one of God's promises today, okay? You don't hear these verses from 1 Corinthians 7 read a lot at weddings. Um, this is not on a lot of wedding cards, okay? Uh, it'd be fun to write that on a wedding card, you know, like, you know, <laughs> those who marry will have trouble, but it's too late for you, you know, kind of thing. But I want to look at this, 1 Corinthians 7 today. So take your Bible and turn there uh, with me, if you would, um, page 794. This is the Apostle Paul's instructions on Christian marriage. And you might think, like, well, you know, if marriage is such trouble, why get married at all? And, uh, and the answer is easy. It's because marriage can be amazing. It is awesome. It can be fantastic. But it's not without trouble. If you commit to any relationship over time, you will naturally run into conflicts and problems. Um, As you find uh, Corinthians here, I want to give credit to a guy named Mark Gungor. You may have heard of him. He's the author of a seminar called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. Have you heard of this, anybody? A few of the married couples are like, oh, I know that way. He's hilarious. I've been through that seminar. I want to give him credit and really recommend it to you. We printed a little bit of that in today's program if you're interested in going further. 
But before we dive into Corinthians, I want to share with you a verse, before we go New Testament, from the Old Testament that I think paints a vivid picture uh, of the challenges of relationships. This is a book from, uh, this is a verse from the book of wisdom, Proverbs 14.4. And it says this, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. I want to just suck on that for just a minute there and think about this, okay? Now, I know you don't have the deep theological training that I do, so let me break this down for you. Wherever there's an ox or oxen, two of them, the manger, that is the barn, is not going to be empty. It's going to be full. Full of what? Full of poo, okay? Can I get theological, okay? Especially ox poo. I'm indebted to my seminary training to break this down for you. But the temptation to say is, if you don't want poo in your life, get rid of the ox. In other words, if you don't want trouble, don't get married. But that's short-sighted logic. Because the writer of Proverbs actually completes his thought this way. He says, but from the strength of an ox comes what? An abundant harvest. Comes a rich life. In other words, everyone wants a rich life. That's something everyone wants. But it's a catch-22. We all want the benefits of the ox, but nobody wants the poo. (laughs) And what Proverbs is simply saying is you can't have one without the other. There's no such thing as a poo-free relationship. It doesn't exist unless you shoot the ox, okay? But then you have other issues. So if you're in a relationship, it's going to be messy. You're going to step in it sometimes, all right? Again, this is, this is Hebrew training here, okay? Marriage, the point is, is not about attaining some state of perfection. It's, it's, in some ways, it's like about getting a positive to poo ratio in your life. Because if all you get is ox poo, then you have one sick ox. You feeling me? You're tracking with this? There's no such thing as a non-messy relationship. So let me just be clear about this. Marriage rocks. It's great. It can enrich your life greatly if you accept and embrace some of the mess that comes with love, okay? Ladies, you can choose to have a clean barn or you can live with an ox. Those are the choices. Either way, you're going to need God's help because if you look at 1 Corinthians 7, now go ahead and look at it. Skim over the first 11 verses here. It begins, it's better for a man not to marry, and you'll see it lists all of these hot-button issues. It talks about sex, singleness, married people who fight, separation, conflict, divorce, temptation. So in other words, Paul's talking pretty much to everybody here. Single, married, single again. And there's a core issue that I want to begin with that kind of touches on this tension that we all intuitively feel. It's like this. We have already established, yeah, from the outset, that that God wired men and women differently. They are as different as pink and blue, and that colors the way that we think and view life and, and feel about one another. For instance, ladies, I want you to imagine your man's brain for a minute, If you were to crack open his head, what do you think you'd find? And some of you enjoyed that a little too much because you're like, crack open his head, you know? What do you think you would actually see? If you were to look at his brain underneath a microscope, do you know what you would see? It would look something like this. Waffles. A man's brain is like a waffle. If you opened up his head, and some of you are like, oh, I knew it. I suspected oatmeal, but I know it's mushy. And uh, I don't mean an actual waffle, literal waffle. But what I mean is that the way God created a man is his brain is made up of little boxes, 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 boxes all over. In other words, men, we have a box for everything in our world. We've got a a box for our job. We've got a box for the car, a box for, for you, a box for sex. There's a box for the kids. There's a box for your mother underneath the stairs over here. And there's, we got a box for everything. And the rule is, ladies, the boxes never touch. They're not allowed to touch. Don't touch. 
That's why we put them in boxes. So what that means is this, guys. When you talk to us and a man discusses a particular subject, you bring up an issue. As men, we go into that particular box. We open up that box. We take out what is only in that box and discuss that box with you. Then we close the box and put it away being very, very careful not to touch any of the other boxes, okay? This is the genius of Waffle Boy. God made us with brains that are made up of little boxes, and you can put syrup in some, and it won't leak into the others. You can call it compartmentalized, call it singular focus. Either way, ladies, you've got to respect the waffle. This is how God designed men's brains to work. We put things in, in little boxes. Now, let me speak very carefully... about how God has wired women's brains. Let's do a little list of that thing. I'm actually not Catholic. My wife uh, uh, grew up Catholic. She was taught by a nun who like taught on hell like she was born and raised there. It was like completely... (laughs) Women's brains are designed by God very differently than men's brains. If his brain is like a waffle, hers is like spaghetti. Everything is connected to everything. <laughs> your job's connected to the money, and the money's connected to the kids, and the kids are connected to your mother, and everything's connected to everything. It's all connected. There's no little boxes. There's no compartmentalizing. It all kind of bleeds into the other. It's like a big bowl of spaghetti noodles. And here's the deal. This brain is driven by an energy called emotion. It's like electric wires. And it's one of the reasons women can remember everything. Because if you take an event and you connect it to an emotion, it burns in your brain and you can remember it forever, okay? The the same thing happens for men, just not as as often for us, quite frankly, because we don't care. (laughs) Women care about everything. I can't believe he said this. And they love it. The problem occurs when Waffle Boy comes over to Spaghetti Girl with a simple question requiring a simple answer. (laughs) Nothing is simple in her world. It's all connected. If he says, did you pick up the, the dry cleaning? This is a very simple question. There's a yes box, there's a no box. Yeah? But in her world, she says, oh, why, yes. Actually, I went to the dry cleaners today, but it was amazing because you'll never guess who I met in the parking lot. I met Tracy, who, if you remember, she broke up with a guy named Steve, and Steve was the guy at the pool. And by the way, we've got to get badges for the pool. Stacy says we can get a discount. But her boyfriend is such a... Would you remember meeting him? And everything, and the waffle guy's like, what's happening to me? I just want to know, do I have a clean shirt for tomorrow? Yes, no. Men. You need to get used to the idea that you're always going to be about 15 minutes behind in any conversation. You just have to get used to this. And when she talks, she's going to hyperlink. It's called spider webbing because everything's connected to everything. She has an ability you don't have. She's not a waffle. She's spaghetti, man. And it's delicious. Just roll with this. Now, men, we have a box in our brain. I'll just tell that the ladies in. I'm not throwing us under the bus, guys, but we need to let them in on this. We have a box that most women are not aware of. It's called the nothing box. And there is nothing in this box. And of all the boxes we have, 
this is our favorite box. <laughs> Given the chance, ladies, you've got to understand this, a man will go to his nothing box every time. That's why a man can do something completely brain dead for hours on end. Video game. Watching TV. And when she walks in and says, what are you watching? The answer is nothing. (laughs) They've actually measured this. The University of Pennsylvania did a study a couple of years ago where they connected men's brains to all kinds of wires and discovered that we have the ability to think about absolutely nothing and still breathe. <laughs> like, like zzz, zzz, zzz. Women can't do this because their brains never shut off. It's always... Zzz, 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 zzz. It's always running, connecting, throbbing with emotion and activity. And she can't understand the nothing box. Waffles don't go with spaghetti. It drives her crazy. In fact, nothing drives a woman more crazy than to see a man sitting there doing nothing. And for some reason, which is what I'm getting at, God had, has wired us this way intentionally. And it affects how we handle stress in all kinds of issues, particularly the ones raised here in 1 Corinthians. When a man feels stressed out, we go immediately to our nothing box. This is how I unwind. We just, we veg out. When something upsets us, frustrates, causes stress in us, the last thing we want to do is talk about it. Okay, that's the last thing. Last Sunday was a, was a long day for me. I had gotten up extra early, and we, and we talked to a lot of new people. We had over 1,800 folks. Thank you for inviting your friends, your family. But this is emotional material, okay? And everyone pretty much had a story or some problem that they kind of wanted to share. And when I got home, 1030 at night, I was pretty much shot. And Colleen was in bed. The kids were in bed, which is great because it means I get to crash in my man cave, which is just our basement, and do nothing. That's how I deal with Sunday stress. I go home and I turn on Nat Geo and watch Lockup. You know what Lockup is? It's this prison show, man. It is hardcore, man. I'll watch that. I'll, be, I'll have like closed captioning. I'll be watching, you know, Dirty Jobs, The Hunt for Hitler over here. If I'm lucky, world's deadliest police chases will be on. And, and Kyle must have heard me come in because she crept downstairs and I'm just kind of sitting there your paths are being real spiritual because I'm just I'm stressed, man. And she just kind of crept down, and, and I knew it because you ever feel like when someone's like right there, but you, you know, they're watching, and I go, hey, you know, she's right there, and she just goes, so how'd it go today? And I'm like, okay. Well, what was okay about it? Uh, nothing. Well, what are you watching? The answer is nothing. And this drives Spaghetti Girl crazy. Because she sees Waffle Boy sitting there doing nothing. She said, that can't be true. Why are you shutting me out? You must be thinking about something. But truly, ladies, it's nothing. That's how Waffle Boy handles stress. He puts his upsetting situation in a box. He closes the lid and opens a different box. That's how God wired us. When spaghetti women get crazy, guess what? She's got to talk about it. Because if she doesn't talk about it, she's going to literally explode, okay? She has to verbalize it and release that emotion. And we talked about this. Oh, I can't believe she said this. But did you notice how that lady said this? And and there's a million different things. And she's got to get that out there, guys, okay? We've we've talked about this. Her brain can't rest because it's connected. It gets over everything. And it's scary to men. I know men who run from their wives when they do this, okay? And they just go, I, I can't be around her. And I, and, I, and I say, why is that? They say, well, I don't know what to tell her. Dude, who told you to tell her anything? 
See, most men, when a woman starts verbalizing all these issues and the stress, think that she's looking for a solution. But remember, she doesn't often want you to fix her. She just needs you to feel her. You remember this? You feel in me? We talked about this last week. Men will only tell our problems to another man if we think they can help. Hey, I can't get my car to, to start. What sounds it making? All right, let me check it out. She's not a man, okay? Spaghetti just needs to release emotion, and if you try to fix her, she's going to kill you. All right, don't do this. Don't try and untangle the noodles because they're all electric. Candidly, this is the the biggest stress in our first five years of marriage. Um, I used to think this was about ethnicity. My wife is half uh, Italian, half Irish. That's a nice combo right there. And sometimes those ethnicities are known for, um, well, they release their stress very loudly, okay? The fighting Irish. Italians don't even, they don't even need words. They just talk with their hands, right? You got a problem with me. And when we got in a, in a fight, man, she was just come out. And my family's Dutch. Growing up, no one even raised a voice in our home. I, I don't have a memory of someone raising their voice. Scandinavians are like very stoic. Same thing with Asian cultures. Very animated displays of emotion are looked down upon. So um, in my house, if there was a problem, you get quiet. You just kind of kind of step away. And so early on in our marriage, suddenly I'm sharing this house with this person who seems at times possessed. We'd have a conflict, and she's like turning up the volume, like, and I'm like, who is this devil woman? (laughs) She's taking crazy pills. Sometimes, guys, we actually, one of our most godly acts we do is actually shut up and listen, which is why I had you take her out for coffee, to talk, but mainly to listen. And this is hard for us, ladies, because, because waffles have selective listening, okay? So, 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 (laughs) okay. So, so we, we only hear things that fit into our, our pre-existing boxes. So, for instance, if a wife says to her husband, again, she's got a lot going on. She says, honey, go to the store, lay down the mulch, wash and wax the car, get the kids at school, rent some videos, and do the rest of the dishes. Waffle Boy is going to run this through his filter, okay? And do you know what he hears? Honey, go lay down and get some rest. Whatever fits neatly into this nothing box is what he accesses. And what I'm talking about here is the difference between single-tasking and multitasking. Again, most men, we have very limited RAM. We can have like one or two applications open at once. At home, if I open up a box for work and I like start checking email, for instance, my wife can come in and say, hey, can you take out the garbage? And she's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. It's not because I don't love my wife. But she may as well have said, would you like to eat garbage? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, I can't, I don't, I'm not, it's not that I'm uncaring, but I'm three layers deep in my work and I am focused and I can't hear anything else. It's not, ladies, that we're lazy or belligerent or apathetic. We just, we just, we just were single taskers. And honestly, when we're doing something, we can't hear anything else. And, 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 and spaghetti's a multitasker and that's a gift. I remember um, after we had our first uh, baby, Chase, and I walked into the kitchen one night and Colleen was actually making lasagna on the stove and she's stirring the sauce and she has the baby on one hip a phone on her shoulder, and she's talking, and I walk in, she's like, hey, like that. And at the same time, she senses the dog is staying by the back door to go out, and she goes over here and opens up the back door with her foot. And I'm like, I married a superhero. That's unbelievable to me. That's the power of spaghetti. She can do all these things at once, and the fo- you know, if, the f- if I was this, I would like, you know, I'd, you know, I'd put the phone in the lasagna and the baby in the oven. Just, it'd just be a res- ridiculous. But as a man... God wired us to focus and handle one issue at a time so we don't verbalize our emotions, we don't multitask, and you know what? That's okay, ladies. Because when a crisis comes up that actually requires strength or bravery, do you know what? Men can shove their fears into a box 
close that box and walk straight into their death. In Manhattan on 9-11, 99% of first responders who went back into the Twin Towers while they were burning were men, the men in blue. When faced with a crisis, we can shut it down and walk straight in and sacrifice our lives. That's how God made us. It's part of the way we were made in the image of God, and you need to re- respect the waffle. I'm just saying, okay? It's part of our role. It's part of our responsibility to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And men sacrifice this way all the time. So guys, you need to listen to the girl, and girls, you need to be okay repeating yourself sometimes. The boy ain't being uncaring or lazy or shutting you out. He's just not wired like you. Is that okay? He's a waffle. Don't treat him like spaghetti. Now, what I want to do here is apply this specifically to an issue that Paul brings up in 1 Corinthians 7. This is the passage that you have open in front of you, which begins, it's good for a man not to marry. Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to Christians in, uh, in, in, in Corinth at the time, and they had a bunch of practical questions about marriage, um, specifically about the hot-button issue of sex, okay? And uh, the Bible doesn't shy away from this. Uh, it gives very candid counsel. Uh, just read with me, verse 1. It says, now for the matters you wrote about, so Paul's taking FAQ. He says, yeah, relationships. It's good for a man not to marry, but since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. And then verse 5 says, Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all men were as I am. But each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Just stop there at verse 7. So you see here, Paul touches on like a couple of issues, right? He talks about marriage. He talks about singleness, both of which he calls a what? A gift. It is very important to note this. Although we're talking about marriage, in the Bible's view, neither one is better than the other. Paul was single, and he says, I wish all guys were like I am, meaning unmarried. Now, why is that? Because single folks, presumably, they're not always sorting through the waffle spaghetti issues. They don't always have the the spouse and kids and family issues. And Paul's like, they could actually focus undividedly on serving the Lord, and that can be a huge blessing. He's not criticizing marriage. He says, but that too is a gift from God. It's actually one of God's chosen ways to provide companionship, to populate the earth, he affirms the sex drive in both men and women. He's like, he's like bo- bo- neither of them are dominant. They're both equal. That's the biblical picture. But then candidly, and this is a hot button, a sore spot for a lot of couples. So I want to show you what he's saying first to men and, and, and then to women. For Waffle Boy, let me, get a, let me get a good waffle. Let's see. For Waffle Boy, although all the, he has a lot of different boxes, they're not all the same size. For most men, sex is his biggest box. They may look all the same, but this one has no lid. It can be open at any time. Does this surprise you? It's going to shock you. Uh, biologically, for men, our sexual interest peaks at about age 18 and then goes down from there. So, uh, so if you were to chart it out, okay, if you were to chart this out, it would look something like this. For men, uh, their sexual interest peaks at the age of 18, and then, and then it, goes, it, goes, it goes down from there. kind of plummets as it goes and 
and, and then you're dead. <laughs> That's scientifically how that works. Does this, does this surprise you? Does this surprise you? It's important for you to understand this, okay? When it comes to this area, we are no longer driven by our brain or by our hearts, but by a chemical. It's called testosterone, okay? And it runs through our blood and drives us crazy. It is the closest thing that we get to a box that is out and open 24-7. If you girls knew how much this drives us crazy, you would be more disgusted with us than you already are right now. <laughs> And the reality, while this chart is, that's kind of funny, you need to understand the truth of this. It's not because we're sickos. It's not because we're perverts. It's not because we're broken. God wired us this way, and he did it on purpose. And the truth is, when we get that testosterone rush, it messes with us, okay? Just Can we just be honest about this? For heaven's sakes, don't raise your hands for this. But most men will admit we receive our first rush of testosterone very early in the morning for no reason at all. Dun, 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 hot, and it just wakes us up. But we're not thinking about anything, nothing. And this is where the man reaches over and he says those three words that every woman loves to hear. Hey, you wake now, it's a stereotype to say this, that men are always more interested in sex than women. That's a stereotype. Most of the time, that's true, but it's not always. It, it, look, it's possible you are married to a woman who is more interested in sex than you are. In fact, if, if, um, if you're here today and you're, you're, your wife is much more interested in sex than you are, I think I speak for the rest of the men here when I say, we hate you. I just want to... <laughs> don't raise your hand. <laughs> Don't tell, we, we will hurt you, okay? Don't do this. <laughs> but Paul says marriage is God's given outlet for sexual expression. Verse 2 says this. Since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital, what's the word here? Duty. Isn't that romantic? It's respect language. To his wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. In, ma in a marriage, sex is considered a reciprocal duty. That's very interesting wording there, intentional. And I understand for wives that you want to be all about love. And, you know, I want them to know me. And it should be about intimacy. But for a man, it's about respect. It's about duty. It's respect for the way that God made him. And you think, well, if it's supposed to be about, you know, this give and take thing, then why did God wire men and women so differently? And to explain this, I want to draw uh, another picture. Let me give this to somebody. Who would like this? Dave, would you, would you like this? Put, give that to Meg as a, as a gift there, right? Oh, thanks for that. Here's my sermon notes right there, a big box. I want to do this very gingerly. I'm going to start with the woman and, uh, you know, family church here, so I want to keep this clean. So um, let's do it this way. Um, we'll call this the girl's heart. Yeah? That, 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 that's her heart. And in, in the interest of keeping this, you know, above board, everything PG-13, we will refer to this as her place of happiness. You just draw a smiley face in your notes right there, all right? And the truth is on a fundamental level, I'm going to be very careful here, one of men's primary interests in a woman is this. Is this shocking you all? 
And some of you women are like, I can't believe a pastor would say that. That's terrible. What a pig. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about love. It should be about companionship. It can be about sharing. If it was about love and companionship and about sharing, we'd get a golden retriever. Don't be naive. <laughs> God wired us this way. We're not perfect. It's not dirty. It's the way God wired us. So just get your prude hat off, okay? He's supposed, he's supposed to be interested in this. It's not dirty. God said, this is how I'm going to arrange this. What most men fail to understand is that the key to this is this. Yeah? And if you touch this, your wife's going to give you the green light to touch this. And it completes the loop for women. I'll draw a W. See how that works there? It's a very easy equation. And you're like, well, I don't understand. Why would God wire us like this? I don't understand it. It's the God's way of constantly rem- reminding the man to love the woman, be nice to the girl, be tender to the girl, be kind to your wife. On average, every man will feel the need for sexual release every 72 hours. That's every three days. Meg's like, my husband's 72 minutes. That's your problem. We'll pray for you, all right? <laughs> but, but the reason this keeps coming back is to remind the man, he, this is God trying to wake up the waffle, you got to love the girl. <laughs> okay, I'm going to remind you about this. You don't just go, hey, you awake. Don't be a moron. Love your wife. Agape your wife. Be nice to the girl. Be tender. Show tenderness. If, if you want sauce on your spaghetti, you got to be nice. You're going to have to do things that don't come naturally. This is one of the reasons, for instance, I go shopping with my wife, okay? I don't love to go to the mall. She has this one store in the mall. She likes to try on clothes. And so I go, would you come with me? Oh, I'd love to go. And it has this dressing room where all the ladies bring their stuff in and the outside waiting area with these chairs. And we're in there on this Wednesday night. And she's like, oh, just be a minute. And she goes in and I look and there are five other guys sitting there. <laughs> they got their nothing boxes open. <laughs> They're checking their, their, you know, their phones. And we're all sitting there, and we don't all, no, none of us make eye contact. We just look down. You don't, you don't make eye contact. And a woman comes out, and she comes out, and she goes, what do you, what do you think? You know, you never, you don't verbalize, she mouths it. And we all look like, who is it, who is it? And the, with this one guy, he just sits straight up, he just goes, uh, nice, nice. And we're all just like, yeah, right, right. And then she goes, she goes, does, does, she had a skirt on. She goes, does it make me look hippie? And we're like, oh, we just look at him. <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 you know, and just like, good job. And I had to laugh because this is quarter of nine on a Wednesday night. What are a half dozen men sitting, doing, sitting in a women's boutique on a Wednesday night pretending to be interested in skirts? Why? Because they're hoping that Wednesday night is going to be pasta night. So they go with her and they show some interest. Can I be honest here? I take Colleen out shopping. I write her notes. I write her those little, I write her notes actually on, a, on no occasion at times. I actually write her poems. It's not great, but sometimes I do. Because you know what? The reality is, biblically, a lot of stuff that touches this ends up tracing back to that. That's what Paul's getting at. It's not just biology. It's biblical, okay? And you got to get this, guys, because it's, it's, it's like, it's not just for married people. <laughs> It's not just for married people. If you're single, you're like, oh, why? how does this apply to me? This, is m- this applies to you like you can't even imagine. Let me speak to all the single ladies. All the single ladies, okay? <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. I'm like, you know what, Lord? Give me the gift of being blunt this week. When, when a woman gives a man this before marriage, she's an idiot. 
of first-class proportions. You are a fool. You're, you are a total fool. I don't mean just like morally, like you shouldn't do that. You're in New Jersey. If you were going to build a house and you met a contractor and you're going to give him $250,000 for the house, would you give him the $250,000 up front before he built the house? You'd be like, get out of here. That's crazy. Why would you do that? Because you know if you give him what he wants up front, he has literally lost all incentive to make good on his promises. Yeah? Make tracking? He is not going to show up on time. He is not going to do, he's going to do things half-heartedly. It's just human nature. You don't pay a man in advance. You pay them after they hit certain marks. They show evidence of their commitment to the job. When you pay him in advance, you're a fool. I'm just being candid. I love you, my single sisters, but you, this is what a lot of women are doing today. When you offer up this freely up front, you have taken away all his basic motivation to love. You have already given him everything he wants. And then you go around crying saying, why don't you love me? Why won't you marry me? Why won't you blah, 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 blah. Why would he? You are going against God's design. Don't do it. That boy got to earn it. You following me on this? You remember this first book of Beyonce? If you liked it, then you should have put a <laughs> ring on it. There is something in our culture that pretends this divine dynamic is not true. It's a total lie. The media love pretending that women are wired sexually like men. I don't know if you've seen the movie out right now with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. It's called No Strings Attached. What a crock. I could remember sitting in the movies with Colleen. We saw the preview for this. She, so she plays an ER doctor, right, who, 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 who uh, says to Kutcher, she says, you know what, I don't really want love. Can we just have sex? In other words, I don't want the kindness or the tenderness. I don't want the romance. I just want to be friends with benefits. And Colleen saw that preview and she goes, I bet a man wrote that. Guess what? She's right. This is a male fantasy that goes against 4,000 years of basic biological and biblical truth. There are millions of women in America today who are frustrated and they're heartsick because they never get this. And you know why? Because you're fighting against your own interests. When when you give this away, no strings attached, you are going against God's fundamental plan and you're sabotaging your future. It is a foolish thing to give this away to every guy who kind of comes along here. Now just think about this. I can change sides, okay? I'm not, not... Coming out hard on the woman, we're going to get blunt for everybody. Because this is, this is, the, the reverse is exactly true. For a woman, every, a woman's basic interest in a man is, guess which one? This. Okay? What a lot of women fail to recognize is that the key to this is this. Oh, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe that. It's, it, 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 it's true. If you do this outside of marriage, you'll defeat yourself. Inside of marriage, you earn tremendous goodwill. You don't know the power you have. This is the key to your husband's heart. That's what Paul's saying. I'm serious. A very, this is a big deal. If, I, right, I don't care if you're offended right now. Because the reality is 1 Corinthians 7, it's, Paul's like, this is huge. You can't overstate this thing. That's what he's getting at. He says, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In other words, Paul's like, you each have to own this dynamic because the reality is if you touch here, he's going to give you the green light and allow you to touch here and you're going to get deeper, okay? And I understand you may be thinking like, well, that's awful. He shouldn't be so interested in this up front. That's such a pig. Yeah, you're really fighting against your own interests because that ain't going to change. And you're actually fighting against God because he's the one who set up this dynamic in motion. See, it completes the circuit. You understand how this works? Without love, 
he doesn't feel respected. Without respect, he's not going to love you. And this is the key to a happy marriage. Growing up, they, you know how they used to say, um, <clears throat> the key to a man's heart is through his stomach. Guess what? They were about six inches too high. <laughs> okay? The point is, husbands, the key to what you want, here's the door. For wives, the key to what you want, here's his door. And it's the perfect standoff. It's the perfect standoff, isn't it? You're like, well, no wonder 51% of marriages fail. Why would God wire men and women like this? Waffles and spaghetti. Answer, he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose to teach you. In life, under Christ, the key to getting what you want is to give your spouse what they need. Don't deprive her heart. Don't deprive his happiness. Don't deprive one another or things will go sideways. That's not my opinion here. This is not my opinion. This is the biblical teaching on married sexuality. Paul writes, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent. In other words, you both agree. And for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, then what? Come together again. Let's all come together. (laughs) In other words, the Bible's basic paradigm for married people is, okay, you guys should be enjoying regular and frequent sex and don't take a break. Rule number one. Who's with me? Married sex. Woo! Unless you both decide to, mutual consent. There may be a season where you got to press into God and you're putting that aside like you're fasting from that to, to dial into God. But then, once you're done praying, once you say amen, you get back at it. This is the Bible's teaching. Are you shocked by this? You're scandalized. It sounds extreme. But why do you think Scripture counsels this? Finish the verse. Look at, look at your Bible. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self control. Do you hear this, wives? When you deny your husband's basic needs, scripture says it's like you're inviting the devil into your bedroom. When you close the door to him, you're open it to the devil. Bitterness, resentment, the little love that there is, is going to dry right up. Don't mishear me, ladies. You're a wife. You don't, because there's a million exceptions. I'm not saying he's king or that he should get everything that he wants. This assumes that you are married to a reasonably healthy, loving man reasonably, okay? Not a whiny boy. Not an addict, okay, who abuses the gift. There's a million different scenarios that you're like, that doesn't. But to a normal, healthy Christian man with the spirit of God residing in him, he's not dirty. He's not perverted. He loves this girl, and this is part of God's way of getting you to fill his tank. And when you serve him this way, guess what? You get more of what you want. It's called win-win enlightened self-interest. You tracking with me? Whether you're single or married, this is um, ironic. Um, In some ways, it's like before marriage, the devil will do anything he can to get a man and woman into bed. And then after marriage, the devil will do anything he can to what? Keep them out of it. This is why scripture says, don't deprive each other, except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I could go on <laughs> about this, but we are, uh, we're out of time. And I know some of you want to get home and, uh, and write me nasty emails. So I, <laughs> before, I wanted you to see this visually. Waffles, yeah, and spaghetti. In any other context, they do not go well together. Waffles is breakfast food. You go to any diner, it's on the breakfast menu. Spaghetti is going to be at night, but not in God's kitchen. In God's kitchen, he says, perfect together. One of them has a singular focus. One of them can multitask. 
One of them can summon deep emotion, and the other heroic courage and bravery and fidelity. And God says, I want the two to become one. We'll call it Waffle Getty. All right? It's delicious in God's kitchen. So wives, respect the waffle. (laughs) Enjoy the boy. Nourish him. Give him what he needs. And God designed him, God, to crave. Husbands, love the girl. She has a lot going on in here. That's what this is. That's the reason she talks so much. She loves you. She wants to let you in on it. She's inviting you into her world. It's an invitation. Touch her heart, and she'll touch yours. And what I want to do with this is actually give it to one lucky couple right now in our church to take home. Who is that? Who would like this? Come on. Come forward. Who wants it? Ryan Miller time. Come on up. Give Ryan. His his wife, Lauren, is here. Come on. Your beautiful bride. Give you some extra waffles right there, my man. There you go. You enjoy, my man. Congratulations. Celebrate tonight. Anyone else want waffles? Men in the first row. Here we go. Ladies, waffles. There they come. Look alive. Look alive. Chuck Drews. Chuck Drews. All right. Enjoy. Here we go. Uh, let's, let's, let's do this. We're going to talk about this some more. I know after uh, the series is over and probably in the parking lot on the way home, you're going to be like, I can't believe he said that. Did you see he drew this thing? He called it this. Great. Blame it on me. Okay. That's throw me under the bus. But you guys talk about it. Talk about it. Wives say to your husband, is, is, is that true? I mean, is that really true? And you can say, no, Tim's a pig, but uh, I'm take the hit for you. That's the kind of guy I am. Let's pray together, all right? God, thank you for a place where we can be honest uh, and candid uh, with no shame. God, that's, it's like we're back in the garden where you created man and women. They were naked. There was no shame, none of that junk that the world has pushed into our relationships. Uh, God, they ha- the world has clouded our glasses. We can't see straight, God. Um, and we've got a lot of fear, and we've got a lot of shame. And, and, and God, would you just banish that right now from this room? Would you open up lines of communication, candid talk, Lord, between husbands and wives, men and women, God, of fiancés who are moving towards marriage. I thank you for the, the couples who are. I pray for healthy dating relationships, God. Uh, may they be, honor you, Father, in the way that each of us was made. And we ask that in the name of Jesus, all God's people said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you are inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.